morning, everybody. It's great to be with you. I, I feel like a bit of an outlier here, probably. I'm not a, a, a pastor of a local church, but we have the privilege of working with really hundreds and hundreds of churches around the country. So I'm super grateful for you and what you're doing. What does it look like to lay down political and cultural power to embrace our role as a suffering servant to reach the world for Christ? What does that look like? I have the privilege of leading an organization that's right here in the Treasure Valley. Uh, it's unique in that our ministry tool is the airplane. And uh, it's also unique in that the work that we do is really, really seeks to come behind uh, hundreds of other organizations to help them be successful in reaching the people that God has called them to reach. So that finds us working uh, across a wide range of different ministries. We have people who we fly around who are doing medical work, community development, church planting, Bible translation, education, and many other sort of initiatives. And those flights could have us serving a North American church, doing a short-term mission trip in Haiti, or it could have us flying a career missionary who's been serving for 50 plus years in a place like Papua, Indonesia. Those flights have on board medevac patients, could be disaster response supplies, something as potentially life-changing as a thousand pounds of newly translated Bibles, or something that is as boring as a thousand pounds of noodles that are going to a village, which those noodles really matter if you're the one who's eating them. We fly into places like uh, the turbulent northeast coast of Mozambique, where an Islamic insurgency is taking place. It could be into the jungles of South America or deep into a snow-covered valley in some really hostile territory in Central Asia, a place that's been in the news a lot in recent months. We fly into those places. And what it's done is it's given us a very unique perspective into global missions. Uh, we get to work across a, a cross-section of really all the major worldviews that you find around the world and a lot of the different mission strategies that are seeking to, to reach those who are in those places. And that's helped us to learn some things. It's taught us some things. And so again, I ask, what does it look like to lay down political and cultural power, which we hear a lot of these days, in order to reach the world as a suffering servant. So what are the effective things that are being done and maybe ineffective efforts to cross deep cultural divides in order to see lives deeply changed by the, by the gospel? So I know there's a lot of leaders in here, leaders of churches and uh, ministries. So I just have some questions for you that I'd like for you to consider. And hopefully this will be helpful for you. My first question for you, do you have clarity on the focus of your ministry? Do you have clarity on that? You would think that this would be something that's pretty straightforward for an organization like Mission Aviation Fellowship. Um, 
I served overseas for uh, 18 years as an MAF pilot, flying into a lot of different places in Indonesia. And so for me, I was on the front lines of the ministry, got to do thousands of flights, babies born on my airplane, people dying on my airplane, and everything in between. And so I had clarity of what our ministry looked like. And then I came back about four years ago uh, to Nampa to help lead the organization. And I was kind of surprised as I came to our headquarters and I'm walking the hallways to find that we had staff members, some from right here, who had never served overseas actually and who were helping us do many of the things that you need to do in a large organization, who lacked clarity on what the focus of our ministry was. It was a little surprising, a little jarring for me. And so that took us through a pretty extensive examination of our own to just be able to speak about that on point and in a way that is able to clearly communicate that to everybody in the organization. We needed to determine what were we good at and not so good at, what were some things that we needed to pick up, what were some things we needed to put down. And all ministries have these unique kind of peripheral things that crop up that you have that you need to give attention to, but they can start to, to take a lot of your, your energy and your resources in ways that are maybe going to inhibit the main thing that you want to go after. And so we had a journey like that. So it may be really clear to you as a leader, but don't assume that's the case for those who are following you. Clarity around your vision is critical. A, a mentor of mine likes to say, it's like manna. If you're not replenishing the stuff on a daily basis, it starts to go bad. And so I would just challenge you, be able to communicate with clarity about the focus of your ministry. The second thing, what is the community you're seeking to impact? There's lots of churches here in the room. Many communities surround us. These may be neighborhoods that are proximate to your churches, uh, but there could also be a unique category of the population that we find here. Uh, is it college students, is it the homeless, refugees, uh, unwed mothers, the list goes on. All these different communities that surround us that we can be reaching out to. In MAF, we focus on the isolated, those who live at the, the just the, the ends of the earth, really. And those are the people that God has called us to go to. Who's he calling you to go to? When I was flying in Indonesia, there was this village I would go into. It was up about 7,000 feet on the top of a mountain. And there were some uh, uh, missionaries that were serving there, had been there for 10 or 12 years, reaching this unreached people group. Only about 1,000 people in that tribe. And I would fly in and bring them supplies. I'd bring people back and forth to the village. And... It was a beautiful place to go. A church had been planted. There were believers who were growing in their faith and their maturity. And you could tell when you would land in there. There was a, 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 a visceral feel about it, that this place was different than some other places that I would go into. And I could take off and turn 90 degrees, make a heading change of 90 degrees, and across the valley was another village. It only took me two minutes to get onto the approach and land in that village. It's a two minute flight. It's about an eight hour hike if you were to go through the jungle to get there, which is how most people would do it. But you land in that village, it was a completely different language group. 
Those two villages could not communicate with each other except through a really rudimentary sort of sign language. And so these missionaries on the mountaintop village could stand on their ridgeline and look across that other village and see an unreached people group. But they had to have the discipline to stay focused on the tribe that they were in. And they, because it was taking them a lifetime just to learn that place. And they were focused on it and they were praying that the Lord would send others to reach that other village. And in time he did. And so what we would say in that context was you need to know who your tribe is. And they were focused on that. So I'm not talking about tribalism, but I'm just saying that it's important to have clarity on the community that you're focused on and say, okay, that's who we're going after. And we're praying that God reaches the other ones around us as well. Of course, we're always trying to be sensitive to his spirit. And he's going to call us sometimes to step out into a place that maybe we weren't prepared to go. And that's okay. We want to be discerning his will. But, but know the community that you're seeking to impact. This can be hard. It can be hard when the needs are all around us and they're incessant. But I would challenge you as leaders, are you going to be a river or are you going to be a flood? Okay, a river has boundaries, it has current, it has direction, you can harness it. A flood can be meandering, it can, it can sometimes be destructive. So I would challenge you as leaders, know that community that you're looking to impact. My third question for you, how are you equipping your people to engage in the work that you have been called to? How are you equipping them? This may be a step in that. If you're here with your team, it's great. It's a fantastic step. Prior to serving overseas, our staff members who join us at MAF, they come to us as Bible school graduates, they're licensed pilots and mechanics, and we still keep them at our headquarters for months of preparation. We train them, we, we immerse them in situations that are meant to simulate the conditions that they're going to be operating in. And that could be from a, a flight or maintenance perspective, it could be from a cultural adaptation perspective. We create these scenarios that they have to get right into the middle of it, and then we come out of it, we debrief it, we talk about it, we, we provide them structured training for it. We must do that. We must do that. We have, to, we have to invest significant resources to do this. For us, it's millions of dollars is what it literally costs us to be able to, to have the equipment and the training in place to prepare our people to go do the work that God has called us to do. So leaders, equipping your people for the challenges of disciple-making is simply a non-negotiable. You have to do that. My final question to you, are you willing to have an incarnational presence amongst those that you are wanting to reach? Are you willing to have an incarnational presence with them? This is the hard stuff of missional living. Clarity around your ministry, knowing your, your target community and equipping your staff are relatively easy by comparison. This is, this is when your commitment is truly tested. Are you willing to deeply understand and live life with those that you are trying to reach? 
Let's hear the words that Paul wrote in Philippians 2. He says, have this mind among yourselves. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Our ministry at MAF, we simply would not be able to do it if we did not have men and women and their families who are, are willing, if they weren't willing to go to some of the most challenging places in the world to live and walk in the midst of the brokenness that surrounds the people we serve, if they weren't willing to do that, our, our mission simply couldn't be accomplished. And it takes them to some incredibly difficult places and exposes them to some incredibly stressful situations. And uh, we are always crying out for God's wisdom on how to navigate these things. But it is essential. It is essential if we're going to impact the community that God has called us to go to. So leaders, I challenge you to consider what does that look like for you during this cultural moment in this place, during this time? We have to empty ourselves of the power and the comfort and the ideologies that are getting in our way. And I'm praying that our time together and the speakers and the materials, the things that we talk about, that it will help us to do that. It'll start to give us clarity. What are the things that we need to let go of? Do you have clarity on the focus of your ministry? Do you know the community that you're seeking to reach? Are you equipping your people And are you willing to go to the places and live and walk among those that God is calling you to serve? Why does it matter? Why should we do this? Why do we pursue the example of our king who came as a suffering servant? Philippians 2 goes on to tell us, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks.